The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from Saturday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today. That's two hours worth, by the way. Because that's Saturday. He's on for two hours. So if you missed it, you can catch it up until three at sonsoflibertymedia.com. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. Good morning all you guys who are over there. And while you're over there, there's a chat going on, by the way, if you want to participate in that. Love to have you in the midst of that. And also, um, you be sure to sign up for... Or subscribe to the channel there, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. Also, we're streaming live to BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We appreciate those guys giving us a spot on their platform also. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. That goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. Um, and then if you would like our ministry email, go to SonsOfLibertyRadio.com. And there you can sign up for that. That goes out once a week, usually on Saturdays. Tells you what we did, what we are doing, what we're about to do. Okay. <laughs> right now we're in the midst of the Minnesota State Fair. So if you are there at the Minnesota State Fair, please drop. I think it's the lower Grand Strand. I don't know what in. Ask somebody. They'll know because Sons of Liberty have been there for, for years. But drop by and say hello. Millions of people come through there. And um, so we're in the process of sharing the gospel with them and talking with people from all walks of life. And when I say all walks of life, you guys see the pictures every year. They come from all walks of life. And uh, isn't that what isn't that what Jesus came to do? He came to save people out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, right? Uh, he didn't just come for the white people, quote-unquote, or the black people, quote-unquote, or you know certain people groups. Uh, he came for all of them. 
And uh, so he he saves people out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and the Sons of Liberty are reaching those people at the Minnesota State Fair. Now, I've got a special guest this morning. This man uh, was somebody that Kate said that we should have on, gave me a little background, and I said, oh, yeah, I'd like to have that guy on. Uh, and I don't know if he'll tell the story, but we'll, we'll let him, we're going to let him share his story with you. And uh, it's Dr. Paul Gosselin, and uh, he is up in the state of Maine where one of my former elders went to plant a church. And um, so it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Dr. Paul Gosselin. Good to see you, man. How are you doing, Tim? This is uh, it's an honor. You know, I, I have to say that uh, COVID changed everything. Didn't it? it? It's actually quite a blessing, and it's hard to look at it that way. But just to grasp that we're really not living in a world, the material world that we thought we were living. And uh, my career has been a horror show because um, I'm, I'm a medic, right? I'm just a simple guy that wanted to join the military to do what military people do. And typically we're marginalized guys and uh, no chance of uh, educating to anything in the world like a doctor a lawyer or engineer but then you find when you get in the military they give you opportunity um, and if you take it you shine i mean i was i learned most of my medical stuff from the military my skills whether it's putting ivs or setting broken bones or minor surgery or whatever that those are the skills i didn't learn this in medical school right yeah. and, and uh and, you know, please, as, as we go through, because my, my background is not somebody that should be a physician, um, because it's a club. Mm. You know the right people, you'll get in. In fact, when I was in medical school, there were a group of women that were bragging that they were allowed into the school, University of New England, which is in Maine, it's an osteopathic school. And... Uh, because when they got out, they were going to kill babies. Planned Parenthood. That's, it's like scholarships they gave, give for Native Americans to be physicians. They just. So, so they wanted to go into quote unquote medicine to kill babies? That was their whole thing there? They were allowed. Wow. They're not the smartest light bulbs in a bunch, right? And they're in school struggling through classes, but they were going to put them through just. Because at the end of it, they were going to work in Planned Parenthood. I, I swear, I mean, that when I heard this, I'm like, what is going on? And it, my background is like, I mean, you have eight children. Is that right, Tim? Have we got 10? 10. I love you, brother. <laughs> um, you know, and when we were kids, my father, my parents had nine of us, and uh, well, we didn't have much, right? So uh, between looking for food sometimes and uh you know ducking every time you went in the house because of an angry dad but uh it was it was uh it was the education i needed to get to where i'm at now because not much bothers me yeah I mean? well paul let's 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 do this let's do this because i want i want you to tell people your story uh let's set it up with this because uh, you know i i titled today's show leaving big medicine to actually help people. And I think that what you said is exactly right. 
the con I call them the convids. Uh, the convids opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that for when it comes for like a regular healthcare, a lot of their doctors were not providing that. They were actually leading them towards death rather than towards good health. And so I've seen doctors reevaluate things, which praise God, I'm glad for that, that they're, they're saying, wait a minute, the stuff that we're doing is harming people. Yeah, I might make a good bonus here or some payments, but it's not helping anybody. So let me, let me read this passive scripture here. And then I want you to kind of tell us your story of where you came from, how you got to doing what you're doing. And this comes from uh, Matthew chapter 12. And again, this, what we're going to read here is the positive aspect of you shall not murder, the command to not murder. It, you're, you're to preserve life, yours mm -hmm. and others. You're, it's a gift that God has given. And once somebody takes it, it's gone. So here's what we read in Matthew chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were unhungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. Now, under the law, they could pick and they could eat if, if they were satisfying their hunger. They could do that. That was not considered work. The Pharisees had made up new pretended laws and said it's not lawful. But he said unto them, have you not read what David did when he was a hunger and they were with him? How he entered the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath, or of the Sabbath. And then he goes on and he says this. And whence he departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had a hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? I mean, these guys, they knew what the law said, but they didn't know what the law said. Is it, what kind of question is that? If a guy's sick, you're going to try to take care of him, right? Isn't that the, just an, even, even people without Christ understand that, right? And he said unto them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? Yeah, they had done stuff like that. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath. It was not a violation of the law. Then saith he to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the others. And the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. And when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. You know, Dr. Paul, one of the things that I see here is, and I know a little bit about your story, is that you've come out of the indoctrination process that you were put through in medical school. And I'm not saying that, that all things that you learned are necessarily wrong or bad. They're not. Uh, but when it comes to really helping people, except for a traumatic thing like that, most people have just forgotten the old paths, as the scripture says, not just morally, but they've forgotten them even in how God cares for us and what he's put in the creation to take care of us. In many cases, uh, you know, we're eating things that aren't that they they label food, but they're not food. So can you go back a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you're at right now. Well, that was by grace of God, I guess. There's, this is no way I should have gotten to med school. It's hard to get to. You, you have to be 
the top 1% of the top 1% of your class to even get looked at. And it, it just happens. And I'll tell you how it happened. It's kind of funny, but um, yeah. So I've been blessed by betrayal, right? So, I mean, I was a, a Catholic and we did the rosary every day and we went to mass several times a week and, you know, all that. And we got, my family was groomed into the Catholic church. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just what happened. My parents weren't, you know, they, they were Catholic and they, uh, very large family. And I remember on the weekends, they would send us to these boys, uh, a camp. It was called the Salesians. Um, and they would have brothers and priests there. And it would be all boys. And, you know, I, I don't want to tell you what happened there, but I had the experience of finally going to a school. And my parents were ready to send me to a reform school because I was a alien. And so they sent me to this Catholic school to be a pre, uh, priest. So it was a junior seminary in New York. And I'm, I live in Massachusetts. And uh, the priest there, Father uh, Richard McCormick, just died in prison about four years ago. But he was, uh, you know, taking advantage of the marginalized boys like myself that didn't know any better. You know, they thought... They saw the world through rose-colored glasses until you get betrayed. And, and uh, like I said, thank God made me um, defiant in some respects because, um, you know, I, I literally, when I did have a chance to go home, and we didn't often because my, my dad basically was a junk man, right? So he was trying to keep the family together with minimum wage, working 70 hours a week. Um, in the beginning, and it was it was tough. Um, he was an angry man. It was a very punishing upbringing, um, and that's what made me defiant. You know, you could, it was unjust to be beaten every day, and so I went into this school, all boys school, where everybody was afraid because they're away from mommy and daddy, and I was free. And I went there with my brother Roger, who was older than I was by one year, and. Uh, you know, he was grooming us. He, he, he wasn't grooming my brother. Apparently, he didn't like him, but he was grooming me and the priests. And eventually, you know, I couldn't eat. I was so sick. And the more sick I got, the more he wanted to play doctor. I know it's disgusting, but uh, eventually, I just went home. There was no way in the seventies you're going to tell your parents that a priest is doing this because nobody would have believed you. And I went home and I went down into the cellar and I found a, an old 22 caliber Savage Stevens and I fixed it up, oiled it up, took it apart, brought it to school. Next time he called me into his office, I had the gun. And uh, from there, I, I ran off into the woods and uh, they came after me. And uh, I, was, I was expelled, but they didn't touch me again. Um, makes what me happened? Sad. Did you... Did you threaten him at all when he when he did oh, yeah. that? Yeah, I put the gun right at his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good for you. Well, and I, mean, I and look, I'm 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 not I'm not going to play with that stuff. This is I think we're seeing people in society where that's happening, and they just want to go. They want to have more mercy on those who commit crimes against children you know, than than they do uh, the children or or adults or anything. It messed with 
didn't mess with me for years because I knew he was still out there. And you can you can look them up, and they have a whole series of events where they put him in this church after he got caught doing this, and then they put him to this. And it was always these massive places with young kids, right? Where you know mostly boys, and and he has a hit list where he just tore up kids, and there's a huge list on the uh, bishop's site that talks about what he did and what they caught him doing until he finally violently raped uh, some some a twelve year old kid, and I just. You know, I don't know, but it was it was blessed to have a betrayal because then I questioned everything. And being expelled from school, guess what? You're not going to college, right? <laughs> so I, I went to yeah. public school when I majored in football. I was a 170 pound crazy kid, and uh, you know, did very well. You know, I mean, in, in the, the aggressive side of the world, and that's how I presented myself throughout. Um, you know, I just don't. You know, I just, I, I'm a very empathic person, right? But I cannot sit back and watch in medicine what has happened and not want to tell the world that this is nothing but a death cult. So when I got out of the military, I was homeless for three years. I took a medical discharge. That's a, another long story. Um, and somehow living out of my car and uh, living out of abandoned buildings, I managed to get some decent grades at uh, an all-black school in North Carolina Central and Mississippi Gulf Coast Junior College. I pieced together an education, and you have to get A's in everything, right? It's just that's what you have to do, and I did. I managed to do that. Um, it took me about seven years to get to med school but i was never it was just that's how long it took me to get an education you know to graduate with decent enough grades and to get into school but money is an issue right people with money don't go to med school so it cost like 50 or 100 dollars an application back in the day and that would be in the early um, or the late 80s um, that's how much it costs. So I had uh, enough for two applications and um, didn't have a suit, so you had to give a picture of yourself. So I, I dressed up in an apron like a lobster, lobster claw apron, and I applied to University of New England Medical School, and that was the picture they saw. They invited me in for an interview, and you know, the rest is history. And I was they laughed and liked the idea of somebody not taking himself too seriously. And medicine wasn't everything in the world. And it never should be because, I mean, really, it's uh, who, what master are, are you going to, uh, uh, I mean, who, who's your master? Is it going to be medicine, money, or is it going to be Jesus Christ? Is it going to be God? And I was lucky. I just, I can't tell you how many times I've been nearly killed being homeless uh, even as a physician you know my first my first um, thing out of med school and residency i was going to be a public health physician because you know my parent my brother and sister didn't have medical care and they did it was shoddy i know i was always in the emergency room and all they want to do is put me on ritalin how about this how about the bruises and the broken bones how about 
you pay attention to those and don't say somehow it's my fault, you know? And so I saw it. I, I, I was always very keen to um, children. Uh, you could tell who'd been abused, and which is why I didn't become a pediatrician. It's too close to, close to a home. So I became an adult internist, you know, did my board, became board certified. And I worked on a reservation, and this is where we're going in medicine. I worked on a reservation in northern Minnesota. Um, it was a knife and gun club. Um, the average age of life is, I think, 52, 52 years old. And they get all the medical care in the world they want. They got free housing. They got, you know, their casino money and all this stuff. And the more you give somebody and don't give them a purpose in life, the more you destroy them. And that's... Amen. And this is exactly what's going on in the United States. They're trying to make us one big reservation. And historically, if you look at um, the person that wrote uh, Rules for Radicals, uh, what was his name? Alinsky. Yeah, yeah, Saul Alinsky. And that was, that was Obamacare and Hillary. They loved it. And the very first rule to bring in socialism is you control health care. You control the people, and that's because of fear. Because when people go to the doctors, they're fearful. That's why their blood pressure's up. And you don't, you don't get that in my office. You just can't because I don't take anything, you know, that serious. You know, I mean, these people teach me how to take care of myself sometimes. You know, but uh, on the reservation, I was, you know. I was chased through the hospital with a gun. I was shot when I was in my truck. Um, the FBI came over and, and why, why were they doing this to me? But when I got there, all the doctors were doing nothing but handing out Oxycontin and all these drugs just to make things worse. And you'd see these Native Americans who were outside the hospital or in front of the casino selling their meds. And it just created this. It was like a suicide every week, every week. And kids coming in and, you know, at one point it, I had to get off because this is what happens when you diminish life. Um, uh, I had a, somebody, 18-year-old, handed me his baby. He was four weeks old. And clearly when he handed me the baby, the baby was um, out cold. And I coded the baby for four hours before the helicopter came to the Mayo Clinic. And as I was doing a survey, the, the father had, in a drunken state, just um, crushed the kid's skull. And um, I still have nightmares over that, right? Because that's why I didn't become a kid. I didn't want to see that. But here it is. God puts it in my, my way. And mm. um, it was tough, you know. And, and when I would come in, to work and the snow was melting because it's northern Minnesota. There would be animals, pets, dogs, cats in the snow bankings because they would just plow them into the snow bankings alive, you know? And I just, I couldn't take it any longer. So the FBI finally got, got me out of there and sent me to um, northern uh, Maine where I've been for the last 24 years. And to be honest with you, I'd rather be on the reservation. Um, the politics, the, the evilness, the, 
I've learned about medicine and the way it's run is it is an education you can't get. I mean, I yeah. had my license, at close to 50 complaints against my license generated by the medical boards. Um, and it, it goes way beyond that. Let's bring something up about that, Paul. Um, I want to read just this part that's on your website here so people have a feeling. You're very much like uh, many of the doctors that we've had on. You're you're going more naturopath uh, than you are, you know, the the pharmaceutical route and things of this nature. And I, you know, I often point people to Genesis chapter one. God gave us all the things that we need in the herbs and in the green you know, trees and, and all of the uh, the seed bearing plants and all this. He's given them to us not just for food, but as uh, Kate says on, on Saturday, he, he's given us, or she says, let our food be our medicine, our medicine be our food. That's, that's what helps take care of us. This comes from Dr. Paul's website, which you can find at gabrielshealthministry.com, gabrielshealthministry.com. And I want to, this is what I'll kind of want to get into here. Uh, your vision is it's a health ministry and a one-of-a-kind PMA, which is a private membership association. You guys may remember when Dave Jose mentioned private member associations in Maine. We depend on donations to minister, attend to the health uh, needs of anyone who wants to take charge of their health. I'm acting as an agent, acting on your behalf to guide you as we transition from conventional medicine to healing in the name of Christ. We provide services that would not otherwise be affordable or covered by insurance companies. And I'm, I'm assuming that's, I'll let you explain, but I'm assuming that's largely because it's naturopath, including but not exclusive to the following Beamer technology, detox, ozone therapy, IV nutritional support, vitamin C, amino acids, etc. Functional medicine, in-office labs, osteopathy, uh, herbal tinctures, homemade, dietary and nutraceutical advice and good old nuts and bolts internal medicines with procedures like minor surgery and injections and things of that nature. I guess if that has to be done, it has to be done. How did you come from, you know, going to school, being taught all these things that, that in many cases you're going to have to kind of pit some of those things once you get out and quote unquote practice. Uh, you you find out, wait a minute, some of these things are telling me aren't helping my patients. I need to relook at this because we've had other doctors who've said the same thing. Well, if you go further down that route, COVID opened the doors for the truth to come out. But in 2014, I lost my licenses. Dr. Nass, Dr. Tenpenny recently have been dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, I guess. So during that period of time, I was doing construction, right? And I worked for... Uh, ranger construction and i was doing putting pipe in the ground um out in the street and flagging traffic that kind of stuff um, i thank god for the humility to be able to do that but that's how i grew up i was a mason tender i was i used to work in a foundry I, that's what i did I, that's how i got it through med school i worked delivering sheetrock whatever i had to do right now you got an appreciation for the people that work for a living you know and many of us understand what slavery is because for them to uh, you know tax our labors like that when we're putting our lives on the line it, it's just horrible so I have, a, I have an understanding about the people those are the people i enjoy working with and people mistake education for uh intelligence I, it's exactly the opposite that's the right you are the more educated you are, the worse off you are. There's just no way that you're going to see the light 
until it's personal. And that's what COVID did. But five years into this, and the reason I the license was taken was under this idea that, well, what happened was the attorney general at the time was Mills, who's our governor right now. And if you look at her history, she's she's been one of the established New World Order hacks in Maine for a long time. And uh, she actually enlisted a uh, confidential informant by the name of Barry Sturt to terrorize me. And I don't know if you understand what a confidential informant is, but they're criminals. And this one worked for the DEA. And, you know, as a result, of the DEA had come into my office and uh, raked over my, my office in front of everybody. I wasn't there at the time, but, you know, this, this was part of it. And then, then I got a visit from Secret Service in my home, right? That apparently I didn't like Obama or I was going to shoot him. So this was all stuff created by this guy, Barry Sturt. And he broke into my home. He pulled a gun on me three different times. I could not get a protection order because the state police and the local police protected this guy. And so he was allowed to, um, I don't know if you heard of Fast and Furious. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's where they use confidential informants who had the authority of the government, but yet they, they had the, the freedom to do whatever to they just want. break the law. Yep. Right, and this is this is what happened. He supposedly committed suicide, Barry Sturt, after five years. And I get a call from the Board of Medicine who realized, and he did. I mean, I have to give him credit for that. Who realized that all the crap that they put me through basically took my license away for five years while I was doing construction. They felt bad, and they called me in and, and basically said, well, we'll give you a license back. You just have to take a test. Because if you haven't practiced medicine for two years, you have to do a mini residency. You have to do a competency test. It's all propaganda. That's how they get doctors anyway. That's what continuing medical education is. The most recent continuing medical education I've taken was in response to winning my case for COVID. I was the first doctor in the country to lose my license over COVID. And it went on for eight months. And in the end, um, one of the uh, public members, uh, just a regular person, said, why are we doing all this? Why do we put him through this? So they gave me my license back, but they made me look like to take CMEs, which were the CMEs I took were official CMEs on the website for the board and the main medical association. And they were on RSV vaccines, right? They were on they, they, uh, a physician assisted suicide, uh, transgender this. I mean, this is the world we live in. I did not sign up for this kind of BS. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know, and so I'm, I'm sitting, and you can see it happening. COVID 2.0 is just around the corner. They just took 10 pennies license away. And my friend, Dr. Mass, just, if you don't know who she is, she's one of the um, the key players in this. I mean, she saved the military from the anthrax vaccine. And she's a, she's a Mainer. And she was treating COVID at the same time I was. And as far as I know, we were the only two. And when they took my license away, which occurred um, 
don't know, a couple of years ago. It was for writing letters for nurses and doctors so they didn't have to get the vaccine, right? Wow, and they, and, took, your, they took your license for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is why you had to create the PMA? This is, yeah, this is what, where God put in my, my um, journey. It just happens like this. People come into my life and they say, well, let's do this. And uh, we, I don't have any skills in doing this. And then I learn. They teach me, you know, and then PMA is basically structured. So I get to take folks off the street who work in schleps who don't know they're not supposed to eat McDonald's and, or drink every day. And I get to take care of them. I mean, that's where it starts for me. It's from the ground up, you know, but it's hard. It's hard. But yeah, when he committed suicide, this guy, I, it, it opened up the gates. They, I think the board realized that the governor or the attorney general wasn't fighting fair, right? But then, you know, doctors are not, you know, they're not heroes. They're, they come from money, most of them, and they come from, um, you know, pretty happy backgrounds. And they're not willing to give any of that up. And I'm in a special place because I've never, you know, my average, uh, what I've made over my entire career in Maine is about 35 grand a year. Okay. That's what I make. Right. So I don't, money is, I look at money and I look at what's going on right now in the COVID realm. And I'll, you see a lot of doctors taking advantage of the fear and, you know, with their nutraceutical lines and all this other happy BS. And um, I, you learn. <laughs> They're, they're right back into the material again, right? It's all about the material. They don't, in fact, the spirit of medicine, the mental, the physical, and the spirit of medicine is completely gone. There is no spiritual connection between the patients now. And, you know, people might get angry, but I hug my patients. I, you know, there's, there's nothing funny going on when I do that. I mean, I hug my patients when I see them in fear. And, and that's all I got to give them sometimes because some of them have, frankly, have cancer and um, they're afraid to go to the hospitals and get treated because they don't want somebody slipping them a COVID shot or killing them. And it's my job to give them the strength and the know-how to get through that system so they can uh, come up. You yeah. Know. Do you do you see that as a silver lining in all of this, that people are more cautious about just going to the doctor and letting him give him a prescription or a shot or any of that. And I, yeah, yeah, do you see that as a silver lining? Yeah. So when I, what happened, why I became known in Maine is because during this time when I was passing out treating people for COVID and giving them these letters, um, Dr. Northrop, uh, Christiane Northrop, I don't know if you know who she is. I do. But yeah, she, she called me into a meeting with Maine Stands Up, which is a independent group that's trying for medical freedom. And uh, I had no idea. And so I met a lot of good people. Well, I guess who's my patients now? You know, this large group, because she doesn't have a license. Dr. Nass doesn't have a license. This is a schlep doctor trying to take care of everybody. And they come in and they teach me stuff. I mean, we use energy medicine. We use... Um, Juvent mechanical devices for you know wound healing and osteoporosis. And if you came into my clinic, you would not know that we have all this here, right? 
because it's not, it's just not practicing medicine. It's, it's just teaching people to take care of themselves. And it's very easy to do. It's very easy to do. Yeah, the harder part is on the person themselves, right? I mean, if you tell them, hey, you're going to have to cut out eating certain things over here because mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, we, we've, um, <clears throat> we've, we've started using these LifeWave patches. But even with that, even with the great technology that that is, it still comes down to there's no substitute for what you're putting into your body. And again, going back to the creation, making sure that you're getting things that, that man's not manipulated with um, mm-hmm. or he's not packaged in some way and stuck all kinds of synthetics in. But putting the things in the body, I mean, if, if God knew how to fearfully and wonderfully make our body, and indeed he did, doesn't he know how to fuel the thing? Yes, he does. And instead, what we say is, no, no, no. We, I like the death products that are out there that taste so good uh, I, I, instead of the other. But I'll tell you what, he has a way. He's changed my taste buds over the past six weeks. I told people I, I'm off of my little uh, reboot with the juicing and, and, every, and the diet thing I'm doing. But I'm bringing back meat slowly in the diet. Because, but I've seen the difference. I've seen how it makes you think. Mm-hmm. I've seen how it makes, you know, what you crave or what you don't crave. Just six weeks, I, I've seen how that changes. So I'm, su- I'm sure that's probably one of the hardest things to get people to do is to make sure they, they're eating right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually something we weren't taught in school, right? You're not taught nutrition because, of course, there's no money in that. But uh, that's what I learned. I, but the problem is I took a functional medicine course, and it was – at a very intense time in my life when I was treating all these COVID patients. And I mean, it was hard because they were out in the parking lot. They couldn't walk, some of them, young, healthy men. They couldn't walk two feet without being short of breath. So I get out there and I, you know, I said, well, okay, we'll need some oxygen. We'll do uh, some steroids here and we'll put you on ivermectin. And I promise you this, if you pray, you'll be better off. (laughs) I just could not stop telling people that they had to acknowledge God as part of their world. And I, I didn't get any flat back from any of these people ever. They just appreciated. So it was like, you know, I may not have made it to be a priest and a minister for people, but God put me on this route. And it, it's been a tough route. And when they took my license away this last time, you know what the last thing they said? They literally said this, and it was this guy, Nisho. He's a lawyer and a nurse that was on the board of medicine. And he said, we have to make him think like us, so we have to take his license away. That's what it is. I don't know if you know Dr. Nass. 18 months she's been fighting the board of medicine. 18 months. And if you knew her background, she's about 10 years older than I am, just brilliant. And she knew not to involve the lawyers in the usual fashion when she approached the board, because that's a game. That's a game. They, lawyers typically play both sides. They do. Yo, oh, absolutely. It's a horrible act. I, I gave up lawyers a long time ago. But, uh, you know, I presented my case of this child or this boy who had grown up by this point in time, and he was all messed up on drugs and alcohol. He was drugged and raped by a physician, Dr. John Irwin, and I don't mind telling that the world about it, because they, they basically, 
It was a complaint the family made, and I said, you have to do this. They complained about this doctor, right? Can you imagine that the Board of Medicine sent a private investigator by the name of Lizanich, and I have it on tape, because my wife was there taping it. The, the, the uh, investigator had no idea who she was. He had gone to the house and wanted to see if this was true. Clearly, it was true. You, you just can't. Nobody's going to say my son and my or my brother was raped and drugged by this male doctor. Nobody's going to make this stuff up. And the details are amazing. In fact, my lawyer took down this the victim's statement before I went down this road. They covered it up. And then the next thing you know, I have a confidential informant who's terrorizing me. <laughs> right? I mean, this is this is the this is, I don't know if this is a Masonic thing or it's a club that I don't belong to, right? <laughs> but I really honestly feel like this medicine is a death cult. It's not just the third leading cause of death, medical errors. It's 60 million babies born every year that are terminated by, at the hands of doctors. 60 million in this world. Okay, if you if you look at the numbers, it's about 60 million people die of natural causes every year. And then you kill babies at the hand. When did physicians become murderers or doing transgender surgeries and are giving hormones to little boys or girls? And we're putting doctors in schools now in Maine. What's the purpose of a doctor in a school? Uh, write prescriptions behind the patient's back so parents don't know. I'm sorry. Well, Paul, I think it's this part of what I think it's part of what, you know, we read there in Matthew is that <clears throat> doctors come in and they get a mindset. Many of them, and I've heard this from several other doctors, they get a mindset that one, and I think Dr. Artis was talking about this on Friday. Uh, they get a mindset once they come out of school, they have spent their time, they spent their money. In many cases, they're in debt up to their ears or over it. And, uh, but they come out with the mentality that I am, uh, you know, many of them may not say they're God, but they have the mentality that they are the know-all end-all and that whatever they say is gospel. And it's not necessarily that. In fact, many times they come out and they have to unlearn stuff that they've learned because they go, wait a minute, this isn't working. This isn't helping my patients. And I'm, I'm thankful that God does that with men. He does have, he does have to humble them uh, to say, yeah, you, you don't know all that you think you know, and, mm -hmm. and correct that so that they can be able to help people. And if you've got people who are just stuck in that pathway, this is one thing the artist said he was going to invite a lot of friends in uh, with regard to the quote unquote virus uh, and stuff like this. And he says, I don't want you to talk. I want you to come and learn. I want you to learn what works, what doesn't work and how you've even been deceived about, you know, a virus or whatever the case may be and how to treat these things. And I, I think, boy, I, people in this audience, you know, we're not doctors here. So if you need medical advice, you go see your quack over that. But, uh, you know, I tell people what, what I've done, little things that I've done that I've learned along the years and mm -hmm. I say, you know, maybe you want to look that up. You want to get some information on it and, and apply that yourself. A lot of people can be their own doctor in many cases if they have the initiative to do that. So what is the biggest thing that's come out of the, the convids here for you? Is it the PMA? When was your license taken? Or was it 
You you said you wrote some letters about that. That seems to have happened right around the same time as as the convids all came out. Um, well, this, during the period of time when I and I you know when you stand outside and you're uh, directing traffic for fourteen hours for a large crew of guys uh, who I absolutely adore, hardworking guys that just want their work for the keep their families rolling. I had a I I remember I was at home I mean I was formerly married and I I was staying up late at night and I was just walking around the island in the in the kitchen and I was just praying the fa our father. You know, I had to actually relearn the um how to say the Lord's Prayer. That's how far removed I was from God. And I did this for a couple of days, and uh, I would try to sleep, and then the next thing you know, and it's hard to understand, but uh, I had three days of darkness. I literally um, lost three days of, and I and I was in great fear, and I I was sta I stayed up at night, and the clocks kept changing time, and I I don't know what happened, but what happened was. I got in my truck, it must have been our early morning, probably three o'clock in the morning, and I drove, just got in my truck, I went outside, no lights were on, no street lights, there was no, no, um, no light, there was nothing, and I got in the car, and I truck, and I just drove, and I just followed the green lights, and I got to Augusta, which is the capital of Maine, which is probably 30 miles away from where I was living. And I went to the federal building. Yeah, the federal building and parked my vehicle, went across the street and sat in front of the church. And I knelt in the major scene and it was 10 below zero. I had nothing on but a t-shirt. And I sat there and I started cleaning the manger because it looked horrible. And you couldn't get in the church. I couldn't even go in there and pray. So I sat and I was frozen. I was basically hypo, hypothermic. And finally, the sun came up. It was three days. And I was kneeling and I was frozen. I, I literally, my, I was kneeling and my, my pants were frozen solid in the kneeling position. <laughs> and I was feeling very warm, which is not a good thing when you have uh, the temperature gets a little low and you start to feel warm. And so I was shivering, and the police came up behind me. And as the sun came up, I think it must have been five thirty in the morning or something. And you know, one had his gun, and the other one knew me as a, a military guy, so he was uh, giving me a hard time. But uh, they took me to the hospital, and uh, I was in there, and it was enough. A gurney in a room, and six people amassed in front of me, nurses, orderlies, and I was just sitting there freezing. I was literally freezing, and I, I looked at them, and I yelled at them, I am not an abortion. I know this sounds crazy. I says, I am not an abortion. That's what the message was. And they attacked me, and they um, hit me with a bunch of needles and so forth, and I woke up in the nut house which is adjacent to the emergency room and 
for a week, I could peer out into the emergency room through this window thing and um, and uh, they did an evaluation and they, you know, they sent everybody, a psychiatrist, um, a couple of different ones, a psychologist, some other counselors. And all they could come up with is that I, my, my problem was that I believed in God. <laughs> I was too religious, is what <laughs> wow. diagnosis was, and that was that said everything to me. That said everything to me. That is a mental illness, apparently, you know. And uh, and I did. I yelled at him, and they attacked me. They literally, and I, I woke up. When who knows what happened, right? I mean, this is what kidnapping is. This is what's happening to many doctors. Uh, Doctor Nass had to go through a, um, a mental health evaluations in an inpatient setting and uh, a couple other doctors in Maine. And this is how they play the game. They, uh, they will humiliate you in the public and tell you, tell the world that you have a mental health issue. And that's how they do it. And uh, uh, it's a badge of courage that I've, <laughs> that I've gained so many um, complaints by the Board of Medicine and I'm still alive here. Um, I don't know why, but uh, it, it, I, I had a vision. That was a, a horrible, horrible vision. But from that point on, there was no more fear. I had no more fear of, of any, anything they, they send at me. It's just, I've been through it already. You know, I lived fear when I was a kid and as a young adult. And many years, I, you know, I've been homeless for a total of, Probably six years since I've been a physician. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Dr. Paul, I, let me let me let me put it this way. You know, you're not there because of luck. You're not there because of random chance and God's providence. You know, if the sons of liberty, we believe that God has decreed all things. And so therefore nothing happens that's outside of his decree. And he has a good thing. Even what we perceive as really horrible, bad things. God says in his word. Now, if we believe this. Right. We would be better off for it. But he says he's working all things together for good for those who love him and are called according. To now, that means if you're not loved, if you're not calling to according to his purpose, then it's not working for your good. Uh, it, it's the whole it's the exact opposite. It's all working for your bad. Why? Because you're in rebellion against the God who made you. And so I think what I'm hearing from you is, you know, you're God is leading you down this road to help people get well to bring you know to you you learn the body so that you can get the body in a position where it can heal itself god's created that within us that it be done that doesn't take away from his glory because he's the one who made the healing mechanisms in our body but no, but you're taking you're taking a stand against people who are going to make a lot of money you know pimping out their drugs or their or their unnecessary surgeries and things of this nature so that yeah of course the devil wants to shut you down if that's the case yeah I, I, i'm not so sure that they can because <laughs> they've done pretty i mean i've come really close to being killed a number of times and uh, i just i'm senseless in that regard i just don't care if you're going to do it do it but uh be honest with you, uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because uh, my record in the uh, archives of medicine is that probably the it looks like I'm just a horrible human being. <laughs> you know, much like they try to vilify maybe Trump or somebody else in the news. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's it's fun. But I I don't know where we're going. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm asking God every day to kind of give me a, a insight of where we're going to be this winter and in the next couple of years. Um, but I'm I go to work every day, you know, and I just try to um, try to guide people away from uh, you know medicine. And the reason is, I mean, we were never meant to bypass the immune system by sticking needles in our body. Amen. Come on. Crazy things. And right now, they just they came out with a combination, um, RSV, um, COVID, and flu shot that they're pushing. <laughs> when they did the RSV shots years ago, uh, Fauci killed a number of babies, right? It was, it was mRNA stuff back then, too. The point is, it bypasses your immune system. Most of these so-called viruses get through your your nasal or your mouth or your skin or whatever. Um, They don't jam them in your skin. And that's not the way it's done, that you bypass your innate immune system, go right to antibodies. Well, antibodies aren't the end all for your immunity, right? It has to start from the beginning. And uh, God gave us the perfect, perfect human body. Yeah, amen. We've managed, managed to ruin it. I mean, look at cancer. Now people say it's related to parasites and toxins and deficiencies. Yeah. Like well, this, and the same question happens with viruses. I mean, that's coming into question as to what, what's going on there as well. Because I, when Calvin and, and him brought that out, I was just like, what? But it made more sense to me. Uh, as a father of 10 who's, who's seen, sometimes you get one person sick in the house. Sometimes everybody gets sick. But there's usually a common denominator, and it has nothing to do with something that would be necessarily a virus, uh, per se. Tell people, take time, we're up against the end of the show here. Take time and, and tell people where they can find out more about you. Um, well, I'm a busy guy, right? I have Maine I'm taking care of. Uh, Coach Dave Live, I don't know if you know Coach. Yep, we got about 30 seconds. Well, Coach Dobbin Meyer, uh, that's where you'll find me. I, I go on a show at 7 every morning okay. um, to learn a little bit about the gospel because I'm really not that good at it. Um, uh, uh, I, if you need something from me, I can get you your ivermectin mailed to you, I guess. But, you know, the truth is I'm overwhelmed here. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I just love to talk to people, listen to their stories, the people that really matter, the ones that are, don't believe, don't the ones that understand that something big is coming. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Paul Goslin, thank you so much for joining us. Hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, you can check him out at gabrielshealthministry.com, gabrielshealthministry.com. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. See you in the morning at 6 a.m. Adios.